I won't deny it. I'm a Southsider. You don't wanna mess with me. Got the police looking for me. But I'm calm cause I'm smoking that CBD set. I won't deny it. I'm a Southsider. You don't wanna mess with me. Got the police looking for me. But I'm chilling in the back of the VIP set. We won't deny it. We are Southsiders. You don't wanna mess with us. Got the police looking for us, but there's nothing that they can't do when you're chilling with the Blessed Life Podcast crew. Hit us with some stuff, Facts. Matt. Hit us with some stuff. Hey, you want to roll with me? Got to rock that safe to the teeth. I don't know if you can see, but we ain't even close to free. Trying to survive in the shot city. No, I ain't even no straight OG. Just chilling with my boy, Tenny. So roll it up and smoke some trees. Peace. Good deal, good deal. Keep it real. One of the gubernatorial uh, candidates, um, Mr. Darren Bailey, um, he, I think they have a clip of him saying, if I'm elected governor, I'll repeal this law immediately or something. <laughs> so it's like, and, and then you, you wonder, yeah. like, Mr. Bailey, do you really have beef with the law? Or are you just saying that? To get political to capital. Get, to get yeah. political capital. Ride that wave. Or is, you know, and, and granted, it could be how he really feels. The question in the end of the day is getting to the bottom of truth and the facts about how this will play out. If it's if it's a good law, then hopefully it stays. If it's not, then hopefully it gets appealed. But what we're trying to do is yeah. um, open people's minds to all this. And, Claudia, one thing I was going to mention to you, push the microphone a little bit farther like in toward your computer screen. That's okay. Or there, that's fine there? too. Okay. The reason being is, yeah. Sometimes you would look directly at me, but you wouldn't speak directly in the camera, and your voice wasn't being direct because I was adjusting the volume up or down so that it didn't sound like you were more quiet this minute, and then you were louder when okay. you're directly in the microphone. Okay. So just a heads up: either speak directly in the microphone, or like push it closer to the monitor so it's capturing your your voice even when you're sure. um, speaking toward me more. Um. But so, all right. So. Um, what do we have next here on, on our So list we talked about the danger to society parts a lot, right? So now the second part is the um, willful flight standard, right? The are, are Do they pose a, a flight risk? That's what we call. So now they use that term willful flight. What does that mean exactly? Because this is brand new. Yeah, so, there's some contention about that. So let me give you an example. Right now... An appearance in court is basically the standard, right, for making any pretrial decisions. Um, and it fails to account for the reasons why someone wouldn't show up to court. Okay, so for example, uh, a defendant doesn't show up to court because they were supposed to get a ride and their ride bailed on them at the, at the last minute. And let's say they live... I don't know, all the way in Joliet or something, okay? And the ride at the very last minute bails. Okay, well, now they're not going to be, even if they had the money to afford an Uber or, you know, I don't know, is there public transportation that even goes there? I, I don't I, even know. But let's assume know, there's yeah. no way for them to get to court. And a lot of people also fail to realize that a lot of defendants do not have phones. They really don't, okay? So if someone, let's say, doesn't have a phone, so now they can't call their attorney, or maybe, you know what, even if they have a phone and they call the attorney and the attorney's already in court, okay, well, yeah. the attorney's in court. You know, how is the attorney going to know what happened to his or her clients? Then a warrant will be issued. 
for their arrest, right? And then they'll have, and then let's say they're picked up immediately or the next day or whatever. Then they're going to have this background that they, they have all these failures to appear in court. So now in the judge's mind right now, when they're setting bail in the current statute, it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's 10 failures to appear in his background. And they don't know what that means. That's just, you know, because the state's attorney say, well, they didn't show up to court, but we're not understanding why he didn't show up to court. Whereas yeah. now this willful flight standard that's being implemented uh, refocuses the court on the historical concern of evasion of prosecution. Yeah. Okay. So now does this individual have a history of, you know, fleeing to another dur- jurisdiction whenever he has a court case? If the state's attorney is able to establish that fact If pattern, he's a first-time offender, it might be the right. first time he flees, so yeah. you can't well, tell what history then you can't, ar- you can't argue he's, he's a flight risk if he's never been a- arrested before. You can't argue that. But if this is, let's say, his 10th time getting arrested, right. and every single time they find him in, you know, California... Okay. All right. Now he's so a bad criminal who doesn't have a history of fleeing is the guy you want, right? You're like you committed a lot of crimes, but at least you stuck around and paid your debts to society. Do you see the difference between someone who is unable to get to court through no fault of their own, where um, versus the person who flees to another jurisdiction, another state? Now they're willfully avoiding prosecution. That's the new. That's the flight risk that. It was meant to always be, but now it clarifies it. It's more nuanced. Yeah, because it says that the law provides that past non-appearance in court alone is not evidence of future intent to evade prosecution. Correct. So, I mean, what what she's saying is it it shouldn't be. It's just like, you know, if you can provide actual nuance and reasons for it, I feel like that should be, you know, probative in the court's consideration. When they say past appearance, what they're saying is like, yeah, I mean – if you have a court hearing, you should be honorable and find a way to get there, right? Yeah. If, you know what I mean? But we're dealing but with criminals. Other things should be able to be in consideration for the reasons why. Crimes yeah. Um, that may not have a way to get there and just, yeah, we're not, we're talking about people, the, what we're concerned about is people just trying to dodge justice and get yeah. out to another state but, or another country. But and if you got, what, like she said, 10, then after right. a certain point, it's like, okay, Maybe we don't have reasons why you were in the court, and we can't right. really determine that. But I can also understand the naysayers. If we don't have reasons, but yet and still we know for fact that you have failed to appear in court ten times, I feel like after a certain point, passed on appearance should probably be okay. Yeah, like, I made Even a, if you don't have reasons. I think I, I made it uh, <laughs> like it should be a case-by-case yes, basis. Yes, case-by-case for I mean, sure. If the history for sure. is like this is just what you do, well, yeah, that's some people, that's the way they operate. Like they've shown you. Um, their intentions through their actions. You know what I mean? Like you I can deduce that right. there's probably there was, a problem with this with this one. There was yeah. this great story I, I used to, and I just want to add this in because of its, <laughs> you know, humor value or whatever. Um, I used to to extern for a federal judge. I had the honor in law school for the late great judge John W. Dara. Um, he had. I remember there was a hearing and it involved federal marshals and. This guy who had been deported deported from America five times. This was the the you know the, I think this was his fifth time that he was going to be deported, or maybe it's this persistent. maybe this was going to be his sixth. Yeah. And um, he was injured, and so they had to take him to the hospital. So the federal marshals have him at the hospital, and he got away. He got away, and when 
we, we were in the courtroom. Judge Darrow goes to the, the federal marshals. He says, you forgot to chain him down to the hospital bed or to a handcuff from the hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, we forgot. Yeah, so we this guy, just because he wasn't handcuffed. He slips out. That's Takes great. off, just dips. You know, oh he's out, gosh. he's free. He is, he is he's deportation. He's a real was the fifth time he was from Brazil. Yeah. He had been deported okay. to Brazil multiple times. And this was the, this was either the fifth or sixth. It was a lot of times. So we know, obviously, a person like that is a flight risk. Yeah. Right. And let me give you another example. Those with mental health issues. Now, again, everyone can have their opinion, but, you know, having been in, you know, involved in the criminal justice system, well, you know, on the defense side at least, for the past 10 years, I I come across a lot of client with mental health issues. Mm. So now you have a client with mental health issues and they forgot their court date, let's say. Um, Again, you know, right now under the standard, it's like, oh, well, he's he's a flight risk because he never shows up to court. But it's through no fault of his own. And right now, a lot of the jail population are individuals that have mental health issues that are going untreated. So what are we doing? We're we're making it worse because they're not getting the help that they need. We're just literally leaving them in Cook County Jail, making their condition worse. Yeah, it criminalizes help. mental yeah. illness and it and it harms their their mental health even more. Well, and let's be honest with people because I think, you know, the devil's advocate side of it is somebody who just has a really tough on crime stanchion. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, like, well, in, just in a general sense, I'm concerned with mental health in this country because of the amount of um, mass shootings we've seen and um, other, you know, mass violent crimes by people who, like, maybe are schizophrenic or have other issues and need to be found and diagnosed and assisted and you know treated and if they're if those people are a danger to society then locked up like you can't mm-hmm. have people like that free but um you know just on an objective basis to say they have a legit diagnosed mental condition but um you know the point is we're not trying to punish necessarily we're trying to make sure that they're getting that yeah the and that's they why need or that they're going through the proper channels yeah. like they're not going into a prison cell like these people are are in a a place that's more like a hospital to you know or whatever and they're you know secured that they can't harm themselves or others and shit like that and and a judge is allowed to order because as a condition of release a judge is definitely allowed to order a defendant to uh, a mental health facility or receiving mental health services that could be part of the conditions Yeah, that violent or that people that are have violent tendencies as part of their mental condition don't come in. Over. Right, right. But a judge has the authority yeah. with this to order them to mental health treatment. So it's whereas, a thing. Yeah. right. Whereas if they're sitting in Cook County Jail, you yeah, know, the jail just, is not yeah. a uh, treatment center. Right. It's, it's making I'm it sure, worse. It's definitely Anything not. but the yeah. opposite. I'm, yeah. I can imagine. Can you imagine being in Cook County Jail during COVID? No. That'd have been wild. Uh, there, there were a lot of clients actually in our office that died, passed away of COVID while awaiting trial now how horrible is that, that? let's say somebody was in there being accused of um i don't know dealing drugs to an undercover officer mm. we see those a lot those charges so he deserved the death sentence for a drug case really yeah that was an unintended consequence of what was going on which um, was a whole nother thing in and of itself but yes i but yes i agree with you your point is as a matter Shouldn't. of justice Hey, if you've committed some kind of nonviolent crime or, or just whatever, 
you're not sacrificing life, but only liberty. But in right. this case, these people, because of a sickness that was rampant, couldn't control it. You know, probably, probably the treatment in, in prison was was terrible. Probably right. You're not like I don't think they're giving these people antibody, you know, monoclonal antibodies, <laughs> no, ivermectin all day. Not. It's like yeah. they're like, just go to sleep, man. You should be good. You know what I mean? Like, dude, this gets really bad. Blood. Then they're oh like, God, oh, like, he's I not moving. Let's all. get yeah, him yeah, to. Yeah. Uh, you know. I, that's more what I picture, yeah. and I, I think that's what it was. I mean, Claudia literally just said that some of her clients that she serves as a government. Um, uh, you know, servants of the people, um, literally died while while that was going on. So, so yes. So, and again, this notion that those who are out on bail are reoffending and committing, you know, violent acts or violent crimes, it's simply a scare tactic. Now, are there going to be individuals? Yeah, but th- they're outliers. It's it's not the major- it's not the rule. It's the it's a very tiny portion. The majority that are out on uh pre- on pretrial release are complying with the conditions of their pretrial release. I see it every day in courts. Like I said, I've it's not just, you know, this year that I've been in this courtroom. I how mean, this is somebody, 10 years. How does somebody get on the radar as to whether they are complying or not? Do they have a caseworker or something? They have a pretrial yeah. service. Uh, they report to pretrial services uh, oftentimes, and they show up to court, and they don't pick up new cases. So, uh, yeah, again... those were all the things I was wondering right. how they... You're uh, going to have are in touch with outliers, system. okay? It's not a perfect system where 100% of the people who are out on pretrial release are not going to reoffend. You will have a couple that do, but if you have 99% not reoffending then it is working. I mean, yeah. my clients, I, I again, I'm in the fel- felony trial division. So, and, and just so we're clear with people too, was that an actual st- statistic or is that just... Oh, no, just, the 99. No, no, it, they're, they're I'm, I'm sorry. Want, let me observation, just... Your anecdotal observation, yeah. Here, uh, well, well, I have the statistics here for electronic home monitoring, but it is, there was a study that the vast majority who are out on pre-trial release or, are not or electronic monitoring or both. Well, that yeah. is pre-trial release, yeah. but they're oh, not. But I'm just saying, right. like, not every person who is free, depending on the nature, or excuse me, not every person who was accused of a crime who is then um, set free until further process in the court has to have an electronic monitoring bracelet on, right? Well, we'll get into electronic monitoring, but but the point I'm trying to make is I know that there's that, some there's that. certain journalists out there. Hmm. that um, love to be trolls. And, oh, yeah. you know, they said, oh, look at this guy. He was on bond for a gun case, and he went and he He's committed. He's an anecdotal case. Right, he went and committed everyone. this armed robbery. It's rampant, yeah. You know, so they, they love to take those outlier cases and stir it up. Okay, well, let's see. He was out on bond. All right, what's in his background? Oh, he doesn't have a violent background. So he just, this is his first arrest. He had a gun on him. Nonviolent offense, right? Mm. His first arrest, he, he's let out, let's say, on an I-bond, right, where he didn't have to pay any money, and then he goes and commits an armed robbery. Well, who in their right mind would have thought this would have happened if the guy's never been arrested before, okay? And if, especially, the, the, the case that he is on bond for was a nonviolent offense. So these certain journalists love to take these examples and not give you all the facts. They just say, man on bond for uh, weapons offense commits, you know, armed robbery or whatever. Right, exactly. That's exactly what's being done. And again, there are outliers, (laughs) just very few outliers that are 
committing crimes while out on bail. The majority are complying with their pretrial uh, release conditions and they're showing up to court. I, you know, I just well, want to put in news um, that, that, um, that they're complying and that, yeah. that that part of the system is. Now working. we could get into electronic home monitoring. I, I just want to put in a caveat yeah. that kind of supports your point about the case by case basis for missing court hearings. And um, I'm not going to say the name of the guy, but back back in law school, um, I, I was it Brian. <laughs> don't <laughs> it may or may not don't know. even arouse suspicion no, as to no, whether I'm guilty. It was or definitely not my boy here. But I, 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 clean. I will give an example, the cleanest. Um, we had a client, okay, you know, and that's why circumstantial, um, you know, evidence based on, you know, reasons for reasons for not appearing in court, I think is, is worth taking into consideration. Because I had a client um, that we represented in our uh, pro bono legal clinic, and um, he missed his court date, right? And... Um, you know, this was for like it was a petty offense court, uh, federal court for, you know, petty offense bullshit that they would cite veterans with who came into like the Jesse Brown VA and they oh he came in with like a backpack full of booze or you had a little bag of weed on you were citing you this citing you that so we'd represent these veterans in federal, in uh, petty offense court, and um, so my client he just he just was not there and I was like oh man this is not not a good look my client's not here how am I gonna how am I gonna you know talk this over with the uh you know the ada here and um i was just like well mr ada um my client is a blind homeless heroin addict and um he's probably literally could not find his way to the train today because he's blind and he's probably high on heroin and your attempt to get any kind of a monetary fine from him is sort of folly because you're never going to see this money because he has no money he's literally probably passed out on his street bench somewhere right now and he's like yeah sounds about right all right we're going to recommend we dismiss these, these these fines or whatever so and um so yeah he recommended we dismiss the fines the judge was like yeah get this shit off my fucking plate i don't even want to hear about this bullshit like just done done next one next one it's 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 nothing you know and i'm gonna um, take a quick break you guys keep on going and yeah. i'll join right back in and so this this guy comes up so we get we get the fines dismissed everything you know they're like all right it's fine it's not a big deal um this guy shows up like 30 minutes later in the lobby he's like did i make it <laughs> i'm like no but uh don't worry about it we got everything taken care of man don't even don't even worry about it just do you but like it's important because it's just like you know without that context you want to understand what a shit fucking situation this guy is in his life and it's not like he missed his court date through any um you know ill will of his own or he's trying to shirk it he legitimately tried to be there but you know it's hard getting around when you literally cannot see you're like completely 100 percent blind um and stuff like that should be like taken into account whereas someone who just looked at oh mr corte this guy's a piece of shit it's like well this guy's got real problems real problems and mm-hmm. um that's not unique a lot of people have serious issues and there's compounding factors to that stuff that should be taken into consideration so that's just my personal anecdotal experience with that so i understand why they incorporated that uh, into the legislation because it you know it's important sometimes um so want to move on to electronic home monitoring now? Yeah, let's go to EM. That's like our last talking point. Yes. Yeah, so, so I, I did want to hear about it. EM. Because you're explaining uh, things and that we didn't know, and it's really cool to learn this new stuff about the process. And I know for somebody who does practice criminal law or is a, whether it's in the private sector or they're 
um, a, you know, state's attorney, like they know about it. This is their lingo. Like me and you, real estate, yeah. that's more my thing. You know, the business transactional stuff. I'll rap about that all day. I sound like a master at <laughs> oh, God, earlier on. I'm to. trying to focus. <laughs> like, what question do I want to ask her? Yeah. I don't even know, but I'm learning and, and thank you for that. So yeah. So everything you've been talking about electronic monitoring, I'm looking forward to hearing more about what's, uh, what, what gets you electronic monitoring and, um, when is it removed? Um, and it's, 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 this goes along with house arrest, um, or are there people who are not on house arrest or house arrest who are able to work and, uh, you know, go about their lives, but they just have to wear an ankle brace so they don't flee. Or when you're on electronic monitoring, uh, you're locked into the house. This is house arrest basically. So those are the things that I want to learn. And, and I guess you could go. There's more leeway with this new provision. So electronic home monitoring, um, or EM or house arrest, however you want to call it. I think what's going to happen is that we're going to see a lot more individuals placed on EM because after the judge, you know, weighs everything, they'll probably determine, okay, you know what? I I don't want to deny this guy bail, but I also don't want him to just go free without any conditions, so I'm going to put him on EM. I think I, it's I think at least we're going to see um, an increase of people on EM. Now, again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So what what is EM? So it is an ankle bracelet. Um, you have to charge it, okay? It's not the sexiest thing to wear on your le- ankle. So it's got like a USB port? It's not something you want to wear on a date, <laughs> yeah, you know, right? Yeah, you, you have <laughs> on a to tender charge date, it. You want to hide that shit. And then <laughs> are you attached to the charger? Like, is, is, is no. it a corded one? Does it have a, like, it's a, like, like a USB. iPhone one that you just touch I, into yeah, yeah. it and it charges it? or like Wireless you, charging, just put your leg up on the wireless like, charger. like, hey, yeah. man, you know, I would love to get into work on time this morning, but, dude, I am charging this EM bracelet it's right now. It's forever. Or EM bracelet. <laughs> to go dead i'll have the cops here in no time so yes yeah. you have to charge it how, so but, but before we move on how do you charge it what kind of is it just like a I, usb you cord? know to be honest i've never seen the actual charger i mean i i've never like actually inspected an em bracelet i i mean it's i don't like get down and look at i didn't know you had to maintain it what i thought it would be is what? like they put a battery in there it's supposed to last like you know seven months and then they got to go in every few months to replace <laughs> no. it you know make sure it's, it's all more good. like a it's cell like, phone if they're responsible for yeah. charging I'm it not, I'm so so what happens are these people sweating all the time the battery gets low? Like, most motherfuckers sweat about when their phone battery gets low. But if that starts getting low and they find out, oh, um, we're going to trace the location of that fucking EM bracelet because this guy's off the radar. Like, the fucking battery's gone. It's got a chip in there like a fucking puppy dog where they can tell. You know yeah. what the fuck? But that's what, I'm, that's what I'm wondering. If you could find out, please, obviously, if we remain without this answer, if Matt, Matt if maybe at the end or even right now, you could try to find out how they right charge now. them. And if not... If we don't find out now, I'm gonna look I would right like Claudia to let me know later if she can talk to somebody within her office or on the states uh, on the prosecution side or or one of the, the, the clients. Like, hey, man, have you ever been on EM before? So I can tell um, you right now, my how clients. How do you charge those uh, ankle My clients that I have currently on EM, they're showing up to court. Yeah. There's hasn't been any issues. Have there been issues with clients? Like, I, I, obviously, I don't represent every single uh, um, client in our office, but, you know, have there been issues in the past? Oh, sh- I'm sure. But the vast majority are showing up. So here are some studies that they, they are citing. A Loyola, a Loyola University Chicago study showed that bail reform in Cook County has not been associated with increases in new criminal activity. Uh, an, an analysis by the uh, Chicago Appleseed Center for Fair Courts showed that less than 4% of people 
on electronic monitoring in Cook County between 2016 and 2020 were rearrested on accusations of a new serious crime. So less than 4%. Okay, again, in a perfect utopia, it would be 0% rearrested. Less than 4% for Cook County? That's significant. Run the the first statistic um, by me again one more time. The one you mentioned right before that. Because because we're drained, it's hard for me to retain details. But this Uh, one you just said was that less than 4% of people that are on electronic monitoring were arrested again on another offense. So it shows or it would suggest that people are taking this seriously and they're not going out to commit another crime because they know that they're already facing jeopardy on a first charge. And then a study by the University of Chicago Crime Lab uh, using recent data showed that arrests for individuals on electronic home monitoring have remained flat and low despite vast fluctuations in the amount of gun homicides over the last two years, well, you just said indicating also, that those on electronic monitoring are not driving the crime. So they remain flat at 4% because I thought maybe I'm trying not to confuse the details. Of no, the no, you're, you're, you're confusing 4% don't commit another crime, yeah. and that number has remained right. flat because what she's saying is that the, the – Offense rate. No, no, you're, you're misunderstanding. No, no, no. 4% of the baddies, right? 4% of the baddies who, do, no, who yes. do fuck up. This yeah. is a different study showing that yeah. arrests for individuals on electronic home monitoring have remained essentially the same over the over the years despite the increase in the homicides, the gun homicides mm-hmm. over um, what we've seen the past few years. So, Again, so electronic the home monitoring. Have electronic monitoring are not the ones out there. Doing it had nothing crimes. to do with it. More yeah. people on electronic home monitoring have nothing to do with the increase in the gun violence in the city. That's the point that the study. That's why you're saying this right. is a fair way of um, yeah. instead of incarcerating somebody that they can just be on electronic monitoring. Right. And although it's, it's probably really risk. embarrassing to walk in the work with your damn electronic <laughs> we're baggy, monitoring. We're sweatpants, bro. Right. You know? Well, that get, that yeah, brings me pants. to my second if they point. Fit in your dress code uniform, Menards <laughs> might be able to tell Brian, you. Brian, you friggin, can't um, go to so electronic home monitoring is is house arrest you yeah. cannot leave your house now hold well, on that was one you get work in earlier. school is, movement is don't work you exception yeah there so if you have documentation yeah. that you are gainfully employed of course the sheriff has to verify you definitely are employed at said location then the judge needs to approve of a court order allowing you movement let's say you work monday through friday nine to five okay well you will have movement monday through friday eight eight to six if you know for an hour commute between it has to be approved by the judge and it has to be verified by the sheriff with the new um pre-trial fairness act there's two days of the week given to uh those on electronic home monitoring for essential movement what is essential movement? So essential movement, and this is not for work because the work you would get the work, um, you could get work approval to move, right? But essential movement, grocery shopping, doctor visits, uh, a- any sort of errands that you have to run. So you get two days, you're uh, allowed movement for a certain period of time. It's not 20, oh, it's not 24 hours the whole yeah. day. You're allowed a certain amount of a period those on those two days. And court has to order it. He, no, no, no. The statute now gave okay. this right. So, you, so this yes. part of the statute now you have now a you get amount of two, time, days. two it's, days. That's already gone into effect over this. So like two days yes. for essential movement. Yes, because we we heard about this before, and it's like 
this is a COVID thing, essential workers, essential workers. No, no, no. You know what I mean? It sounded similar. Is that kind of like, but what what exactly does essential movement entail and how do they they categorize what is essential movement versus not? Going to the movie theater is not essential movement. Going to, um, you know, your friend's house is not essential movement. You know, going and hanging out on the street, you know, you're on a corner and you're you're there for two hours on a corner, you know, that's not essential movement. Is the bracelet... It's GPS or the bracelet, the yeah. inquit, whatever the inquit is yes. the. Okay, that's what I was going to say. It's GPS. Yes, is she already. She yes. already know what I want to ask because I want to ask yes. is like, is it a proximity thing to the home? Right. Is it a time standard and or is I guess it a it's both. location standard? So if they see you're sitting over yeah. at AMC watching a new friggin. So uh, it, it depends on what you like, do, yeah. right? You can't go watch a Bulls game at the yeah. United Center. That's That'd not essential movement. Be like, I couldn't even get tickets to that game, and this son of a bitch is there right now, according to this electronic monitoring. Because, uh, like, it's like, how do they how do they know where the fuck you're going? Is essential? Is that pre-established? Like, because 48 hours, you can do a lot in 48 hours. Be like, oh yeah, that was essential movement. I was just going over to my ex's place to pick right, up. Right? No, stuff. no, no. It does. <laughs> hold on, just to clarify, you don't get 48 yeah, yeah. hours of movement. You get two days of mu- movement. And there's a certain time period. It's not 48 hours. Yeah, you get of like a nine movement. to five. Yeah. No, like yeah. You're not going out to it's turn up. It's spread out over a two period days. of two days. Yeah. I'm just two saying you can do a lot. Two different in, days. In those two days, you can go. You can go a lot of places. Right. Um, so they are. So the the point is, they are being tracked the entire time. So the, the they have a list of essential uh, places or where no, you no. Go uh, again, essential movement, groceries, shopping. Medical yes. appointments. Okay. Clearly defined. Not Clearly going defined. to a Bulls game. That right. is not Clearly going to be defined. essential movement. And it that would be a considered a violation of your, you know, you're getting pulled in because you, you went would, to the Bulls You would because you're not yeah, supposed yeah. to. The Bulls game is not essential <clears throat> movement. Unless you work at the United Center and you have court right. order to go there, right. right? That's a different story. But to go watch a game, no. That would be a violation. Okay. So, yeah, we have we have a list of places that would be considered okay. essential movement. Grocery store. Read those one more time because we're all... And involved in this passionate conversation. Well, again, it's it's not an exhaustive list. It's just an example. Yeah, like going to the examples. grocery store, going to the doctor, yeah. you know, running. Family. Clothes shopping. To so visit um, your mom or dad or family or your kids or something. I, I mean, again, that that would defi- that would depend. Like, is that essential maybe to go pick up your child if you share custody? So they list what are essential. Um, or Th- these were just examples. There's not an exhaustive Yeah, there's these not. Okay, examples. not an exhaustive list. These are just things right. that. You know, um, and then who makes the determination of of what's going to be included in their essential movement as part of the court order yeah. with the judge? No, it's not. Like exactly. for you, essential movement, you're telling me you have to pick up your kid at this time. Then they say, yeah, that's essential movement. Again, it could be to go for job interview, right? But so, the judge makes that determination. Who makes the determination of whether that's essential? The sh- well, the sheriff will see where they're going, okay? Well, so if who, they're... Who sets the standard as to there's those no, items so for Ryan, that particular listen, person? There's no list right now. What yeah. I'm trying to say is the statute says essential movement. That's what it's called. You have two have days out, of I essential guess. movement. So if let's I'm just say, wondering if there was a clear definition no, that the judge... Or, not, or that the judge not. gets to make the determination, like, for yeah. a given person... You know, picking up the kid might be essential, but for another person, if there's right. uh, the crime is related to case kids, by that's case, that's not going to be essential. Right. Yeah, like judge. taking your children to school. Yeah. Okay, let's say that could be an example: grocery shopping, um, medical appointments. Okay, yeah, what's I get it. Not Those are nice example, and simple. Going to the movies. But I'm just so, wondering, like, how that interacts with the caseworker. Like, we see, you know, these are your defined. Because I'm just wondering, like, they set out okay, or is it just so loose that it's like, yeah, later on if you got in trouble, it, like. They have to later decide after yeah. you've offended what was acceptable. 
Maybe that's what I'm trying to figure maybe. out. The order like, of I was going to the grocery store. I also stopped at my ex's house to and slap around a few times. Like on the way, you know, like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just seeing these scenarios play out. Maybe. Well, yeah, like, because you know. then they can say, well, that part was essential and that wasn't. So what, what happens now? You're violating. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Eat, yeah. That's, it seems like it leaves too much leeway to be found guilty of something after the fact. When they're, I just thought that maybe the judge would be like, okay, you say you're a working father, or whatever. Like this is me. One of ones were included with you. This is one or not. I. I understand also the peril of just driving down the street and, you know, your car breaking down and now you're in a place where you weren't supposed to be or something. Like we right, you could, get, you could get screwed, you know. And the thing that we, don't I want everybody anyway. to know so. about this is that the criminal justice system isn't perfect. It's just the system we have, but we're talking about uh, things that, you know, better right. in the, the and, justice and system. And I can tell you right now, I haven't had any issues with these essential movements. And, I again, I have clients on electronic monitoring. They're going, they're taking advantage of the essential movement days, and there's been no issues. So when something comes up, maybe I'll tell you, but I can't really say, like, how that would look because mm. it hasn't come up yet. Um, another thing with the electronic um, movement that this uh, law now changes is that an individual, well, people are asking, how come individuals cannot be picked up for 48 hours after there is um, uh, electronic monitoring violation? So basically, when like it'll send a signal. So if you leave the address where you're on electronic home monitoring, it'll leave a signal. It'll, I'm sorry, send a signal to the, sh- the to the sheriffs. And oftentimes what they would do is then they would go to that location and they would arrest the individual on the electronic home monitoring for any reason. So what have we seen? We've seen people stepping outside to throw out the trash getting arrested. Yeah, We've seen people that, the, you know, it. the battery died or, you know, the we charger. We don't want Like immediately arrest. they're on their ass. Right. We don't, we don't yeah. want unreasonable We don't want arrests. that. Yeah. But it, there has been. That's the point yeah. I'm trying to make. There's been glitches. Has it been large scale or small scale? No, it's actually been large scale where there's very, like, technical violations of yeah. electronic home monitoring, and then they are picked up and they're arrested and they're charged with escape. escape. Yeah. That is a very serious crime, escape. It's a felony. Are, are there uh, one driver or more than one driver of that? Is it the police want this person away? Is it the state's attorney wants them away? What do you mean? It's I think it's if they're making arrests, yeah. if they're making arrests that are arbitrary because you're going out to the fucking garbage to throw out your trash. It, are they targeting specific individuals on a large scale level? Well, I think it's just easy now? to do so. It's just it's just an easy fucking notch in the belt. It's like, oh, look at you, this asshole trying to escape. No, or if you vi- if you, know? you step out of right now, how the law is, you leave that residence. You go in your alley, right? Yeah. You're in your alley. You're outside. That's a violation. Yeah. You could be charged with escape. Now the new law, law, what they're saying is, you cannot charge someone with felony escape unless they are accused of being in violation of more than 48 hours now let's clarify because a lot of what are a lot of people saying oh in 48 hours you know you could be in texas well that's what matt was saying no that's that there's a lot of places you can go in in 48 right but here's the point let's say that they go outside in the alley okay now that the thing goes off Sheriff, the sheriffs could show up at any time by the way just so we clarify this law does not say Nope, sheriffs, you cannot show up for another 48 hours. The law is saying you can't be charged with escape unless you've been missing for 48 hours, okay? So now they got the location. They show up. Oh, this guy was just in the alley, okay? So there's no arrest being made right now. Now, if this guy went on this whole rendezvous, because, again, GPS track, and we see that this guy went to place A, B, C, or D, now that's a different story, okay? But even so, 
it has to be 48 hours uh, until somebody is charged with a felony escape. That seems like a that seems like a while for me. I feel like you can make that determination within 12. Unless hours. Uh, the GPS shows that they're clearly escaping or something, right? Like yeah. you said, their GPS monitor. If you see that this guy is traveling, he's now in flight right. to Texas. Yeah, and in that, like you see the location GPS monitor, they now find he's in Texas. My expectation would would be that this person can be extradited their ass back to Illinois to. You know, and maybe face well, some charges right. in Texas too, or yeah. something. So, like that. wait, just to clarify again, if if the guy, let's say he leaves his house, okay, so he's on electronic home monitoring right. at his house. Let's say he goes out in the alley, and not only does he go out in the alley, he gets in a car and he leaves. Well, guess what? This again, GPS tracked. the The sheriff can go to the GPS location, take him into custody for violating the terms of EM. Okay, so now. He's in custody because he couldn't comply with the terms. However, he can't be charged with a new felony offense of escape. So does that make sense? So he will be taken into custody. Hmm. All right. It's not like, does that make sense? So maybe I didn't explain it good before because I think the way. We're just trying to flush it all out. Right. right. I think the way I explained it was I made it seem like if they could be gone for 47 hours and so long as they come back at the 48th hour, we're all good. That's not the case. The sheriffs may pick up the, the defendants and bring them to the county jail, and then he'll have to go in front of the judge and explain why it is he violated the terms of electronic monitoring, but he can't be charged with uh, with escape unless it's been more than 48 hours. And this helps yes. solve our it, issue. It, just, it gives yeah. a more clear right. standard. So what we're trying to do is eliminate unfair and unjust, unjust you yes. know, um, charges of escape or mm-hmm. the punishments that come along with that. Um and but as a safety mechanism, we still have GPS tracking on these individuals. Uh-huh. So um, you know, if there was a real escape, there's still that kind of safeguard there. That right. you know, okay, we know exactly where this person's at as well. Yeah. Um, you know, assuming that there's no problems with the monitoring or and, that I, they can't and I've sever seen people it, um, arrested for escape yeah. by simply being in their house and there was some issue with their um, with their device. It wasn't charged and. Too bad. You're in your house where you're supposed to be. We're still charging you with felony escape. That has happened. That's, that, that's well, a yeah. problem. Well, because yeah. what, what it seems right. is that there's a that this law is trying to make a shift from an ultra-strict policy of house arrest where it's like, dude, you leave that fucking front door and, yeah, and, go on the, the, and the sheriff will you're be, fucked. the sheriff will yeah. be, you will be found using GPS tracking technology, your braces, and the sheriff mm-hmm. is going to be taking you in yes. just for leaving the house. Right. Now, you but know, not charged with depending escape, on the severity yes, or flight risk of an individual. I think those will be the factors, you know, or severity of crime accused of, and um, you know, um, potential flight risk being assessed, you know, as close to accurately as possible. Um, that would depend on the strictness of, you know, whether they're allowed to leave the house or not. But in, but, but yes, there, there's two different things. So. Escape would be anything after 48 hours. If Correct. you have not, you know, then, then you're going to be, you can now be charged with escape. So, um, but they can still arrest you for leaving your home, um, it, even if it has been in the net 40 hour period. Well, don't so use the word arrest the because it may, it, yeah. arrest makes it seem like it's a new offense. They can take you into custody is more okay, like it for violating yes. it. But it's not a new charge. You're yeah. just like, so when you're Taking placed on EM. for violation of the terms of what right. you were doing. Yes. So okay. when you're okay. placed on, e, on electronic yeah. home monitoring, you have, um, 
you you sign a paper agreeing to the terms of electronic home monitoring. You violate any of those terms, what's the alternative? Cook County Jail. Yeah. So you can't follow the rules? Okay, fine. Cook County Jail. So that it's not a new charge. It's just that, okay, you don't want to follow the rules. But, escape, yeah. but escape after escape 48 is hours is a yes. new charge. That's yeah. a not felony, only did you a do serious this, felony like offense. That you're gotcha. accused of doing this shit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just talking in loose terms here. I'm not trying to right. presume people are guilty or something. I'm like... But you you know you're doing this shit, and then you you also escape. Now you have two charges, so you're gonna get sentenced on, you know, agbat. That's what they call aggravated battery and figuring out your agbat. Oh, has gone to agbat here. It's an yeah. agbat. Um, this is all these little acronyms that people use within the industry. Yeah, aggravated battery. Yeah. And then you also have an escape now too. So right. now you're facing charges. You might be doing 25 years on the agbat, and then you're doing another th- or well, maybe not 25. I, she years, looked at me. She's like, they <laughs> don't get that long. And people are like, did about sooner? Did he bash somebody's head in with a Louisville <laughs> Slugger? Like Easy. That's a little Easy reference there. But yeah, it's like you know you're getting you're getting a lot of years, right? So let's say the person gets 10, 15 yeah. years or something, or 12 years on a pretty you know or whatever 20, however severe it is. And then they're, they're, they could face another five to ten years for uh, an escape or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, but, but how long do people usually get on an escape? Have you seen sentence people for their sentencing on an escape? Does and 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 I wonder if the judges because they have a lot of discretion in, or one well, I don't know depending on how the law is written they may have judicial discretion in that sentencing, no, right? No, they don't. <laughs> there's so no judicial... there's just guidelines. Right, okay. there's just We're guidelines. We're learning a lot here tonight. Right, yeah. there's just guidelines. Yeah. And again, it depends on their background for the sentencing ranges, so I don't, I don't want to get into that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the point is that, you know, it, it, we do see these very technical violations, and they get charged with it. So, you know... I, I just wanted to clear up that narrative that it's not like, oh, no, the sheriffs can't do anything for 48 hours. No, absolutely not. They can go immediately that there's a signal sent to their, um, you know. That's good. I, okay. I think that makes good. sense. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. We, we, people know that. Just know that, you know, they can still take someone into custody if they're violating their terms. So don't don't yes. freak out like they're yeah. just letting the criminals go or, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they, cool get, your jets, they get treated with baby hands. You know, they're just getting you know, treated so, you know, gently that the, yeah. the criminals are getting away with everything. You're, you're trying to point out the point that that is not necessarily the case. Right. So, again, you know, I, I feel like the Pretrial Fairness Atta- uh, Act has been attacked. Eh, say that fast, right? The Pretrial Fairness Act has been attacked uh, unfairly because yeah. it, it's been pieced apart and just, just – portrayed in a way to instill fear and not necessarily explain. So my hopes is that whoever listens to this podcast, that they get a new understanding of what exactly is the Illinois Pretrial Fairness Act, and they have their facts straight. So they can't say, oh, well, you're charged with robbery. Oh, wow, everyone's going to be let out of Cook County Jail come January 1st. (laughs) No. Okay. Don't now let, again, don't be scared into yeah. thinking that's the case. Right. You will have those people who, no matter what the facts are, they will still believe bond is supposed to be punishment, and you can't change their mind. That's that's their way yeah, of thinking. Yeah. Some people have an opinion they that as a matter of policy, right. bond is punishment. But but your point is just that no, that's not the purpose. And what of it, I or say it should them, not be the purpose of what it. I say to them is you better pray to God you're never in the wrong place at the wrong time. You really should because, you know, they like to say, oh, well, these are repeat offenders. These are, you know, um, they they say all these kinds of nasty things. Until it's someone who's never been arrested standing in front of the judge, you, you won't really know how it feels, right, unless you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And like I said, my, my that client that I had, what happened to him, he married the wrong woman. 
with a mm. troubled past with very, very troubled kids. Wrong marriage, wrong time, right? Now, obviously, they're divorced. It's, it's out of your life. But it was a very important lesson to him, a very important lesson. It could be You could be in the wrong place at the wrong time. You could be with the wrong partner. Don't I know it. Right? <laughs> the wrong friends. Yeah. Really, you know, what, what, are, what is the crime we, we see a lot? Drunk driving, right? DUIs, mm. aggravated DUI. Because you don't have to be a violent criminal to do that. Exactly, That's, exactly. And a lot of attorneys there's, there's have two been things charged that are legal. with that. Driving yeah. is legal, drinking is legal, combine the two, they're not legal. That's illegal. And yeah, it, yeah there's, it doesn't matter, there's been so many people that do to, to get charged with that or accused of it. Right, and, and until you're in that doesn't mean position, that you're a malicious person, you're yeah. just, you're an idiot or you got drunk that night and you fucking drove or whatever the case right. may be. Now, can you imagine the scenario where somebody got drunk and drove and killed someone? They never, they never were arrested before. They're a good, hardworking professional, but they made a terrible decision that night. Yeah, to drink ruins and drive. lives, man. It's, right, it's that simple. But yeah. again, that's what sentencing is for, Pe- you know, not funny, pretrial release. It's funny, like what substances do to people, and that, that, although you know, um, intoxication is not a defense, it still like doesn't help either. Like if you're intoxicated. You, <laughs> How many people you know they're intoxicated when you get a lot dumber. They did when they're hammered or something yeah. drunk. They're not even the same person. No, they can't even talk to make sense. They don't you even get a they lot remember dumber. what they're saying. They're like it's, people's personality. It's, it's like it's like too. literally yeah. what I see from people who are really really drunk is that their will has been substituted. It's literally almost like the alcohol itself is talking. Like they're the talking demon. gibberish. The demon they say stupid you. shit. Yeah. They, it's like, terrible. They, they're like. I didn't even want to say that in this situation, but it's flowing out of my mouth or something. Like I've seen that; it's weird. Right. Yes. Yes. Or so. you know, let's let, let's pretend you know, Brian. You're walk. You're you're at a, I don't know at a festival or something, and you know you're out with friends, and one of your friends says, "Hey, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. You mind holding you know my purse, my backpack?" And you're like, "Yeah, sure." You don't think twice about it. You're holding it, and next thing you know, a police officer comes up to you. And it's like, hey, can I see that backpack? You give it to him. He searches that there's a firearm inside. Mm. You're going in. Let the courts hash it out because you got to prove knowledge. You knew that the the firearm was in there, but that's a different story. But the point is, you you're arrested. And you didn't know your friend, right? Yeah, yeah, right. You know. So that's what I'm saying. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong friends, wrong partner. It, it's all very real. And I feel like a lot of people that are being so judgmental and harsh, they one. They've been lucky so far. Have been lucky been so that, far in that situation yes. themselves. They've been lucky yeah. so far. Um, but two, also, you got to look at the whole approach. Again, those that are guilty will have their, you know, they will have their day in court. And if if they truly are guilty, they they will have their sentence. They have to serve. There's punishment, so to speak. Okay, but that is not appropriate at the bond stage because I think it's fair to say. That every single one of us, if we were arrested and we were, you know, whether innocent or guilty, we would still want our day in court to prove the charge for the state's attorney to prove the charges against us beyond a reasonable doubt, no matter what. And I think that's pretty safe to say. I don't think anyone here would say, oh, well, if I didn't do a crime, I'm okay with the judge setting a million dollar bond for um let's say, a heinous crime that I'm accused of, but I really didn't do. No, who, who would say that? Nobody would say that, right? So you really don't know until it happens to you, and that would be very unfortunate, right? So this is and you're meant... And belie- you're a believer in procedural safeguards to avoid injustice in our system. Right. This mm-hmm. is a procedural safeguard. It It, it is fair. It makes... Um, it, 
it, it really takes into account the safety. It really does. Right now, we're not taking into account safety. We're taking into account dollar signs. And I want yeah. people to know something if you're listening to this too. You know, some people might say, oh, you're just you're a liberal public defender. And right away, she shook her head. I thought she might, yeah, she laughed a little bit. I expected that. Those who know me, I'm not going to get into politics, but those who know me know me. Yeah, we don't have to mention any politicians. But but I would tell the listeners out there, maybe Claudia is a um, public defender. And usually people have a preconceived notion that you're just some, like, liberal social worker, justice warrior person that's, like, trying to free criminals, like, I'm going to tell people out there, Claudia is a conservative, as I know her. She she has conservative values. Um, and so just so everybody knows out there, don't assume that this is like your liberal bleeding heart person here who's trying to get off a bunch of violent criminals yeah. or whatever off of offenses. She herself is conservative, but she she's, she has probably experienced injustices with the system. You've heard a couple of examples of of what what she believes it has been those injustices, and she's working to try to make things better and to, you know, best serve our clients. And that's what we as attorneys, our job is to do. So, um, you know, they're all necessary parts of the system that we have. Is there anything else that you want to tell people about the Pretrial Fairness Act? We, we ended there on um, electronic monitoring. We, we covered very in-depth some of the first parts of that. Is there right. anything else you want to mention? So I can actually that? email you a fa- fact and fiction sheet, and maybe you can post it. Um, like I, said, I don't know if you could post it as an attachment, or you could post it maybe on your Facebook or send it out with an email as an attachment. Sometimes you can put stuff in comments. I don't know if they allow you to put no, You can no. put a link probably so to the document. It's like, um, you can put a link in there to it. It's a one-page fact and fiction. It sums up some of the main ideas like, okay, uh, <laughs> false, you know, blah, blah, blah fact and then i'll list it so this i think will be very helpful because it's like it's what page it, it's the fair i'm sorry it's the pre-trial fairness act in a nutshell yeah. so i think it'll be very helpful for your viewers so you i will email that to you i'm allowed to share that and yeah. i you can share it with them and that's produced by your office uh yes yes but and in what we're it, allowed to share this it's a one page um, you, yes. you can read it make up your mind for yourself um you know they're trying to just point out what they perceive to be um truths and falsehoods about the law and you know to try to give you a little bit more clarity on their stance in these times where there's a lot of political advertising going on telling you to hate this law right away or that it's bad that you're pointing out things that are good about it or or just outright fact and fiction well so no we no get it. right it, it's not their stance on the law it it, it is the law well, yeah, so yes. you know again I'm trying, we, to, right. trying to make put this in context where people are listening who don't have experience with it but a lot of the people I think the people who listen to this will have experience with criminal law and a lot of maybe your colleagues and coworkers will listen to it. And I, I, I'd be like, I feel bad as a lawyer. I'm like, I wish I knew more about this, right? Because we're kind of outsiders looking in. They know yeah. that there's a language to each profession, to each mm-hmm. type of law. I, I don't know that as well. So I'm definitely I'm doing a lot of learning here tonight. And so what I'm just trying to flush things out that like, I'm almost like a lay person in certain regards in the sense that I don't, I took criminal law. I... <laughs> applied it on the bar exam when I had to, and now that I'm focusing on some things, other things have been fading in from my mind. And so um, there is no teacher like the real-world experience that Claudia has. So even if I remembered a lot of the details, how these things play out in real life is totally different. And experience creates predictability. So a lot of times Claudia probably assesses in the beginning and already knows what she's going to be dealing with or what the response might be. And you see that all the time in this business, too, when I start asking questions because I know what the predictable fact patterns are that I see recurring. Um, 
So, so besides electronic and monitoring? Honestly, I encourage people to, um, I believe Bond Court at uh, 26 in California, Felony Bond Court, um, it's every day at 12 o'clock. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're still on Zoom. So it's a public proceeding. Uh, anyone could view this. Uh, I believe it's either still on Zoom or they have like a YouTube link. Or in any event, you could always go in person and and view how Bond Court really is. So you can see it firsthand. And like, I really feel like those who are shouting their opinions should first go view how Bond Court actually does work to see because there's a lot that goes into it um and especially when someone has held no bail there's a careful analysis and even more so january 1st you're going to have even um more in-depth analysis but i really encourage people to educate themselves um again we we can have our opinions as attorneys but i think the the point of tonight was actually to get the facts out and i know we we gave a bit of our opinion but the main thing was we got the facts out of yeah. this is what the law is it's a, now it's a complex subject and it is serious right. and we tried to you know add in some humor there to lighten it up for people listening out there yeah right. if we got it there's other stuff we get into that could be a whole other podcast like the yeah. Uh, requirements for police specifically and stuff. That's a whole nother We bailiwick. may actually end up doing but, one. Um, but I just yes. don't think we have time tonight. Yes. Yeah, well, no, we don't. Yeah. We, not There's only a, do we not have time, but I think into. Claudia did want to just focus mainly yeah. on um, the, the pretrial, the pre-trial fairness act. act. Yeah, just because it's, yeah. there's so much to it. See, and that's another thing. Like, we're so busy with work. Like, I wanted to prepare for this a lot more. Like, I spoke with my brother as a highly intelligent individual. And he's like, before you go on that podcast, he's like, you, wanna, you probably want to do research. Now, Matt is very adept and sharp at getting um doing research and just quickly you know making sense of the the general situation and summing it up and you know we like he was telling me certain things about this law um so we just although we, we focused on what is a big important piece of it we there's a lot of other things in this law so that hasn't been covered tonight but claudia um in her area of practice is pointing out the things about that the ones that she deals with the most on a day-to-day basis so how this will affect police officers um, and how whether this is constitutional or, or separate topics, you're yes. just saying like in my line yeah. of work, if I'm defending the public as a public defender, um, these are the the things that are now going to be in place um, in the new year, and, right. and don't don't allow people to scare you into thinking that this could be worse than it is. Of course, you have to make up your own minds and do your own research right. to try to confirm what we're saying, what we've discussed here this evening, and 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 that's what you should do. And those who are currently being held, let's say in Cook County Jail for. Um, uh, kidnapping, robbery, a second degree murder, again, they will not be let out on January 1st. There would have to be a hearing uh, to determine if, in fact, they should remain detained or if electronic home monitoring would be more appropriate or just released without conditions. Again, it would have to be mm-hmm. a, a full hearing on that. It's not like, okay, robbery, you're out on January 1st. That's not going to happen do, at all. Do defendants or accused, do they have to file a motion um, to, their attorney. to get a hearing? Their, their attorney, attorney has to file a motion. Notice. So it's not like everybody's yeah. automatically getting a and hearing. And keep in to... mind, this is actually going to happen over the next few months because there's so many. It's not all going to happen on January 1st. Slowly... Uh, we're we're working up to that so that come January 1st, those, presumably those who should be incarcerated pending trial will be. And those who shouldn't be because they're not a danger to society and they're not a flight risk whatsoever will either be on electronic home monitoring or um, they, 
released without conditions and, you know, showing up to court. But again, it's a very high standard that has to be met for them to be released. Uh, I'm sorry, for them to be detained for the non-detainable offenses. You know, you can't just say we're, we're going to detain them because they cannot afford to pay X amount of money that we originally said. And also for more information on the Pretrial Fairness Act, your viewers can go to pretrialfairness.org and you'll find out a whole bunch of more information and I'll send you this flyer. And thank well, you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you very <laughs> much for, for joining yeah. us. Um, I will thank you again probably before we fully sign off. Um, just a few things that I wanted to, to, to mention and cover before we, we fully sign off. But, but yes, thank you very much um, yeah, for sharing your knowledge and for um, being organized to discuss this tonight. And I look forward to hearing it back. And each, each one of these podcasts is a learning experience for me, too, because we were talking about printing out some of this information so that we had it in front of us. And I was like, well, we already have in the background here, we have our printers covered because they look visually distracting. <laughs> yeah. So you can see over there with the justice scales on top of it. It's the mound of blue. We have these, and because it's a blue podcast, Bless Life University, you got the navy colors. I keep it nice and dark and navy. I love the color. It's beautiful color, so it covers up our printers from being a distraction back there. So they ask, do you want to print this stuff? So I couldn't even organize my comments and thoughts. I'm like, if I had that defined bullet point list in front of me, I'd have been more easily able to stay on, on topic. But I, I did want to ask <laughs> questions for the clarification of listeners because if I'm an attorney and went right. to law school, if you have not, like we're talking about a very complex system that moves lightning quick some of these days. I mean – in a given morning or morning or afternoon on a most are your most of your bond hearings in the morning? I am not in bond court. I am assigned a felony trial room. You said felony um, trial but, room. But no, bo- um, felony bond court is at noon every day. At uh, oh jeez, what room is it? I totally. Why am I blanking on the room? It's on the first floor in Twenty uh, Sixth Street. So bond courts every day. Um, but like for me, for example, let's say you know I have a client in custody for possession of a controlled substance okay he had you know cocaine on him all right well now it's up to me as his attorney to bring in a motion to review bond in front of the judge judge he doesn't have you know the thousand dollars to get out of custody it's a nonviolent offense right he is not a flight risk he's shown up to court before and he's also not a danger to society. He's got no violence whatsoever in his background. We can't find that he's a danger to society if he has no violence and he's, you know, 52 years old or whatever. So that would be up to me now as his attorney representing him throughout his case to bring that. But the individuals that are arrested, uh, first time, you know, they're arrested, the, that's the beginning stage. There are um, specific attorneys from my office that only do the bond hearings. Mm-hmm. That, the, and yes. that was, I was actually, that was going to be my follow-up question because you, you are assigned to the, the felony, felony trial division, trial so yeah. you do take over yeah. a case when yes. they are now moving forward into the trial. But, I litigate, um, I should say. Yeah. yeah, so it's a division of labor. You have, you know, and as far mm-hmm. as the whole criminal process playing out from the time that you are arrested, and then brought in for a bond hearing, which is how how soon after arrest again? Or is there a strict timeline for that? 48 hours. So within 48 hours, you have to get a bond hearing. Somebody else at the public defender's office is taking it on because they specialize in it. Maybe that's an mm-hmm. entry-level thing. I don't know. De- depending on how complicated it is, it sounded like it was a quick, fast-paced thing before. If you're only getting five minutes in there, you're in and out. They stamp the thing. The clerk puts it in the file, and you're out. And then the attorneys are exchanging copies for their records. Mm-hmm. She can add it, or the attorney can add it into her file. So you're in a different division. The, the labor is divided, so that there's somebody else doing that. 
the one thing that I wanted to ask you, though, as a public defender then in, in, the, in the felony trial division, uh, how many how many cases would you hear or, or how many client, uh, clients would you be um, representing in a given day at these hearings or when the court dates are on? Right now, I could tell you. I have for your total client load right now. I have less than. I want to say on the top of my head, I definitely have less than ten people in custody. The majority of my clients are out of custody. Um, they've been in compliance. They ha- they're they're showing up to court. They're complying with everything. But I have less than ten in custody right What's now. What's your total mm-hmm. client load? The reason I'm asking is I wanted to see if folks may be overworked like in yeah. when we right. so and the reason i mention that is did you ever watch the Chappelle show um yeah it, i don't know if i'm at liberty i don't <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm overworked right now but I, I don't know if i'm at liberty to say how many cases i have okay yeah you don't know yeah yeah don't, okay. don't do anything to enjoy yeah. your job that's not the point of this i'm not trying to pull that out of people yeah. so yeah if you if, you, if you're, you're not thinking you about the Chappelle feel, skit with the, well i'm gonna mention this in a second we'll yeah. get to that but so you kind of already know where i'm going but the reason i ask is just I guess because what Matt was saying is, and yeah, if you're not at liberty to say, then don't give me exact details. But um, and then you have your personal feelings; you might not even want to share those because of what your your colleagues or your your superiors might see. And we're not trying to get him in trouble here. So the the Chappelle skit was, it was a joke, and it was like, what if the justice system were was reversed between rich and poor? So it kind of hints at things that we discussed earlier. The like, what if the white collar criminals got treated the way we all got treated? So when they show the white-collar criminal and the just the tables had been turned where they're treating, like, drug dealers really nice, but they're treating the white-collar criminal like shit, it was hysterical the way they did it. It was so, so well done. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was like, a great, it was, like it was the a perfect skit. I got to like this up. Yeah. Like, the feds raid this white-collar criminal, like, some stockbroker's home, and <laughs> they're, like, they're, like, raid, they're, kick down the door in the bedroom they arrest the wife they throw her down to the ground they shoot the dog like just all yeah, like shut that dog up and somebody <laughs> shut just that pops the dog, dog up <laughs> it's like oh my yeah, god my dog it's a joke of course it, it, oh. yeah, but it's just to the nth degree showing you know just the you know the complete 180 of well, how the thing i wanted to mention about they, the public yeah. defender is that they're his assigned attorney from whoever's if it was federal whatever they're if they have a federal public defender's office yeah. the guy walks in he goes He's like, sorry, mate. He's like, you're like my 40th, 40th case this week or today or whatever. Yeah, he yeah. said something like that. I think he said this week. He's like, just all like stressed out, hair all frazzled, big yeah, binder, like, all disheveled. Like, and then he huh, goes, oh, God, I have like five minutes to somebody piss in here? Yeah. He's like, it smells like piss. And the guy goes, it was me. So the white-collar criminal is now afraid to be in the, you know what I mean? Because they were like interrogating the shit out of him before the attorney came in. And so I just was wondering, you know, you can't say, but I thought it was funny because I was wondering, you know, are the people we're depending on to serve us, you know, taking on too high of caseloads? That's another issue in and of itself. We don't. I, I, we don't need an, an affirmative answer. I think I, okay. I, yeah. I. I think I do my job very well. Yeah. I have a winning track record. I haven't lost a case yet in the felony trial division. Nice. So. So um, a few things, uh, I guess, and unless anybody has anything they want to add before we sign off. No. Um, just to backtrack a little bit, you'll be like, why is he bringing this up? This is like, I want to be fair, right? The, the whole thing about this is, um, you know, I felt like getting into it at my ability to concentrate was not as good, but we've worked a full day and we're all here doing this. So, but it was still fun. I feel like it got better as it went on. And I did learn some, you know, housekeeping matters about these. I definitely have to have something printed. Again, the reason we didn't do it is our printers are already covered. <laughs> I wanted to stay more on topic, but I did uh, want to ask to clarification questions along the way. And one of the things I mentioned was, uh, you know, candidate Bailey for um, for governor. 
and this is exactly what we're talking about, hearing things in context, really the ads that I've heard, they're playing one line, like if I'm, if I'm elected, I'll repeal that. I would like to hear Mr. Bailey's reason in support of that. You don't get that in the ad because they don't give you it. Because first of all, these political advertising places are only buying like a one minute long or 30 second time chunks and they have to like cram in whatever fucking messages that they're trying to cram in your fucking brain and program you with, right? So you just hear this or they show it in writing that this is a quote attributed to him. And so if he believes it should be repealed or that he would repeal it on day one, which... um. Congress has to repeal laws, so yeah, it's they like would have to be on board first of all with yeah. what his action. Do that you can't just repeal yeah. this law by executive order, but you know there has. To, I haven't heard the whole thing in context, but maybe there's other reasons that he's referring to. We talked about the the very important chunk of that law that is the pretrial fairness um, act, which is they've combined it because this is all it's within the same relevant topic area, so they're combining these things, or. You know, I'm not trying to overstate the, the relevance of all these pieces of law because I don't know fully what's in there. It's a long law, 700 pages, I think you said earlier. I don't even know if that's accurate, but if it is accurate, it's over 700 pages is a lot. So there's a lot of things that went into this law. It's like all these phone books stacked on top, right? Like we do real estate closings. And when, <laughs> and Claudia knows this too because she does them as well. When we do these, a big uh, uh, stack of loan documents would be like 130 pages where they have some down yeah. payment assistance from state, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's like almost an inch thick. That's like three quarters of an inch thick or Seems something like that. It's a tree or whatever. of legislation. Yes, it's all, yeah. some of these, you know, it's, people are like, you guys still use paper all the time? Yeah, still right now. It's kind of, you know, in the next <laughs> few years, it'll probably change over to all electronic. But for now, we're sticking old school here with the paper. It's what we can, it's what they trust or whatever. And there's procedural reasons for that with uh, mortgages because they're recorded in the public records and all this. But anyway, <laughs> those are thick. So if, if that's thick, and that takes an hour or two long to explain to a client if you're giving them a break, you know, while you're dating and you're explaining yeah. it so they know what they're signing. Can you imagine what 700 pages of law is like? So maybe he's talking about other portions of this law. We didn't get into that night tonight, and that's fine. So we hope that you found this enlightening as to what we did talk about. And, um, you know, we tried to focus on it um, I, I, on this particular area of this law. And we'll talk. We, we might do another one, Matt, or have another person who knows more about the other parts of this law come and speak about the rest of it. And, and to figure out if you're going to make a law that's that large, it's hard to parse out the smaller pieces to determine if the law is a whole because there's just so much shit crammed into it is good or not. So we're talking about a very complex law that involves a lot of things yeah. and the questions about whether it's good is bad or good or bad in terms of public policy and what's good and in the best interest of the public remain to be seen. And we'll have to see how this all plays out. So we weren't here to, to make a determination either way no. tonight. We were just focusing on this very narrow piece of the, the law. Even even the breadth of the law is another point of is is another point we could talk about whether it's um trying to do to kill too many birds with one stone, um, whether it could be parceled out or whatnot. Um and there's something else I was I was reading about. I can't quote it now off the top of my head, I just glanced over it. But um in terms of subject matter covered by the legislation, whether or not it should be parceled out into, you know, more separate distinct uh, piece of legislation per subject matter as opposed to all all encompassing um so that's another thing we could even even talk about later on another another time so and brian i, uh, I i'm uh, happy you brought that up about bailey because they need to explain why why is it you oppose this law why is it bad that we're giving a higher standard to find uh or a higher yeah i'm sorry why is it that we are now using the standard of 
a danger to society versus the danger of money, I'm sorry, versus how much money that you have, okay? And I, I'd be very interested to know what a politician would have to say to that. So you're telling me money is not more? Even be, he may not even be opposed <laughs> in that specific area of the yeah. law. That's why it's not, it's just not fair for people because short sound bites are inflammatory and you usually have an emotional response. And mm -hmm. it's what you're either pre-programmed to do because it falls in with your um, beliefs and your your ideals. And it, it just inflames because most of the time when you have an emotional reaction or your first reaction, it tends to be emotional and it tends not to be the best one. When you take a step back and you really think about it and you hear more detail like what we heard tonight, but you just hear this inflammatory statement, I would repeal it on day one if I were the governor. Do you, but do you agree with the, the what appears to be objective reasonableness in this law? Yeah. Or mm -hmm. are are you just what you, you, you we, what I would like to know is the things we have to do when people are speaking is assess their genuineness. Does he even really believe this or, or was he just trying to get political capital? Right. If it's that simple, then the guy's a politician and he's right. just doing what everybody else does to, to get what they want, which is being elected to a position or to unseat the other guy or they want both of those things. For some people, this is gamemanship, right? But but if if he's genuine, you know, that's just Republican capital. It's not genuine. He's just another politician. But if it's genuine, what what is what are the things in 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 that law, and does he have a reasonable point or not? So those things we don't know. Well, it's remain to be heard. But I, I but I what I disagree with is the thirty second soundbite where you know nothing else it's other not than I would repeal it day it one yeah. because I can't assess whether the guy's genuine or not. No. If he's just trying to get political capital, or or if he is there maybe some good reasons that we haven't considered um, here even this evening that you know certain things in there are bad. So out of fairness, hey, folks, you know what? Most people are going to, they tune out early, especially as long as we go, but we try to be thorough. Um, I think that's the best way to learn and to really have a fun dialogue and make this this good. But the 30-second sound bites are bullshit almost all the time, right? For real. You know, mo mo like the, the vast majority of the time, and we're conditioned to hearing them. We make decisions based on them. And just be aware of it, folks, that people are trying to get you to make a decision on something short like that. And those are usually not the best decisions. A lot of the time they're based on emotion. They try to get into your preconceived ideals or trying to rally you in one direction or another. Step back because we know that most of the, most of the time both parties are bullshit anyway. So, um, you know, in my humble opinion. So it's like take a step back and look what they're actually trying to, to, to do here. What is their objective? If you're automatically inflamed, then that's probably their goal and mission accomplished. So um, part of doing better as a society and eliminating division is – controlling ourselves and our emotions and being strong in that way. And there's a lot of things that we talk about on this podcast that can help with that. Meditation, yoga, reflection, disconnection from these fucking addictive drug cell phones that we have, right? Oh, good luck with that. So, well, that's that's another thing <laughs> that I will hope. be talking about as a repeat um, topic on this podcast. I was actually hoping to get on some psychologists who study the effects of um, cell phones on young people their physical abilities like vision with nearsightedness that results from staring at screens too long. And then um, I, my theory is that the reason there's a lot of depression amongst youth now is because their dopamine is burnt out from fucking hitting this all day. And then the rest of their real life is boring. And they once they've saw everything there is to see... No, my ears are hurting. No worries. <laughs> We're wrapping up. Yeah. But um, those are all you know topics I like to discuss of so the effects of that on people's mental health and everything. As people watch this... On your cell phone. Thank you, by the way. Yes, thank you. <laughs> just maybe make it full screen so it's not too small or just do audio only. But um, I also want people to know here that when we talk about this today, like 
I didn't want to take a stance either way because there's a lot of information I don't know, but I was very glad to hear an educated perspective on it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it was glad. Uh, I was glad to learn some new things and then, you know, think about them critically in my own mind and ask questions about them. And I think everybody here sitting at this table um, hopes, truly hopes that the justice system gets it right most of the time and Claudia works to, to make that happen. And so for, 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 for true justice, for the good of everybody as a society, we hope that the justice system does get it right in the majority of the time. And um, to make things more perfect, it takes continued work. You know, if, I, if we don't do a podcast for three months, it's going to be a little weird coming back. Sometimes you'll do something and it'll be natural, you know, and you pick up where you left off. But I think practice makes perfect. And so um, we don't have to work extremely hard, but we always have to work hard consistently, I believe. And that's, I apply that to almost every aspect of my life. And so as we sign off here today, um, you know, I, I think one of the most important lessons I learned in my life is that everything is contagious. All, all kinds of emotion are contagious, happiness, anger, fear. Um, so don't, don't let those things that happen in your mind control you. Take a step back um, and just be good to people out there right now. We can't control, we can't control who ends up, you know, I mean, we can vote, but I can't determine if it's going to be Pritzker or Bailey or Trump or Biden or whoever it is, but I can control the way I treat people every day. And I know that sometimes now it's, it's funny and I try to work to change this, but it seems like people almost have a weird reaction when you reach out to them. Like, Oh my God, like, thank you for just even saying hello or good morning. Like they didn't expect it as you passed because most people just breeze quickly past each other, especially in the larger cities. Like we have here, I was just in Wisconsin it's like everybody knows everybody, you know, it's the towns of maybe 500 and, and stuff like that where we go, but we can all act like this is a town of 500 and be nice to each other and um, make other people happy. You know, I was just in an Arby's on the way home from, from Wisconsin and I was hungry and I wondered how people, other people that were in the restaurant that day treated those people. And I, I would bet that none of them treat them as nicely as I did and listen to them and look them in the eye and, let them know that they matter and that they're helping me out right now. And I, it's greatly appreciated. And I changed the mood in that fucking place immediately. If I can do it, you can do it. I'm an Irish kid from the South side whose father was an, was an immigrant who had to move to Wales, um, to, which is within Great Britain, uh, next to Ireland above it, um, to just have enough money to come here to America. So if I can do this, um, everybody else can do it too. And I encourage other people to, to do it because Kindness is contagious. COVID's contagious. Kindness is contagious. Fucking, if you just work at it, if you if you apply it, you'll be better off for it. I find the mirror is a universe. They're, what you give it, it'll give it right back to you. You're going to be going around rude and angry. You're going to be fighting fires all day long with your own fire. That's not a good way to go. We don't have a lot of mental energy for it. There's too much important shit going on right now that we need to focus on. Um, and we, we can, we can be that change that we want. They always say the saying is the old saying is be the change you want. We, we can do that on a small level every day. And that's a, that's a small seed that grows bigger, I believe. So, you know, be a good person, be good, you know, because good people make other people good. And so be good to yourself, be good to your family, be good to your community, may truth, reason, and justice prevail. Thank you very much for listening. We love you. Tune in next time to the Blessed Life University podcast. Peace out. Peace. It's <laughs> a good wrap up, bro.